Today at noon, someone asked a very good question. He said, if we uh, see all these uh, disasters and all the bad things happening in the world, and we're getting that nowadays with the media constantly warped into our face, so to speak, and it can happen that you know, the heart is sinking or that the heart is just in a kind of hardening And that is a serious danger. No, we have to be aware of that and we have to counter it. And if we notice that happening, that we are watching a war and atrocities being presented by the media and all the other stuff, and we notice our heart sinking, or we notice that our heart is just a kind of blocking that out, but becoming like a callous, hard, inaccessible. Both is not a really skillful response. There would be an unwholesome mind state. And one thing I would suggest for overcoming that is compassion, karuna. When we see abject suffering, when we see in the war atrocities, one skillful response is developing karuna, compassion. The compassion is simply the wish for all beings to be free from pain, to be free from suffering, to be free from problems. It's also the wish for beings to be free from defilements, to be free from anger to be released, liberated, and may they be able to let go of all hatred, may they abandon all aversion and aggression, may they free their heart from conceit and arrogance and uh, any kind of kilesas, defilement. important distinction to understand is empathy and compassion. Empathy is the ability not to feel or at least to imagine what another person is experiencing, in particular what is their suffering, what is their hardship. This is a very valuable quality because it's kind of a foundation for compassion. If we can't even imagine or can't even think and have no idea how someone else feels or how they experience it and uh, what they are suffering from, what is their pain, it would be difficult not to develop any compassion. In order to wish for others to be free from suffering, we need to have some minimum awareness uh, that they do have suffering. So it can be a excellent uh, approach you know, for bringing up compassion. However, if we practice uh, only empathy, and we become very sensitive, and then we can well imagine uh, the suffering of other beings. And uh, unfortunately, the situation is in this world, even in the human realm, there can be abstract suffering, and some of it we have very little means of, of helping or doing anything. And even if we spend 
all resources, all strength we have in helping other beings, it's quite apparent that there will be still in the countless, even human beings, who will be experiencing intense pain and suffering, and whatever we do. I'm not even talking about non-human beings, the suffering in the hell realm, and even already in the Peter realm, it's hard to even imagine. So the problem is if we only do empathy and we uh, can uh, really feel it and imagine it, uh, the danger is that we get really overwhelmed by that. That wouldn't be a really wholesome mind state not to just feel all the suffering of all beings. That would be overwhelming. The crucial difference if we practice compassion is that the emphasis is on the intention, the wish for beings to be free from that suffering only feeling the suffering of other beings, now that is very heavy and is painful for ourselves. But the wish for them to be free from that, that is actually uplifting. And if we investigate that, and if we can feel it and experience it in our own heart, how a strongly generated wish for all beings, may you be free from that pain, may you be free from anger, May you be free from aversion, may you be released from all enmity, and may you free your heart from defilements, may you be free from dukkha. And we can see how that feels actually good, how that uplifts the heart. So I think it's one of the most skillful approaches of dealing with the intense suffering that we encounter then empathy can uh, be uh, a preliminary step uh, to trigger that. And once we can imagine how much they suffer, these beings, and then the next step is uh, generating that wish. And whenever uh, we feel overwhelmed, uh, we have to fall back uh, on that intention. May you be free from that. And again, that doesn't mean that we are able to actually physically or in reality, so to speak, really free them from that suffering. But even if we can't do that, we can still wish it for them. And that is already a positive contribution. If you encounter someone, you notice that they have some idea about your suffering and they genuinely wish you to be able to come out of that, and it's actually very uplifting, it's a very positive emotion. And it feels good not to feel the compassion extended to you. And naturally, if we develop that in our meditation, we usually also feel that we want to do something externally. But whatever we do, there's always only one drop in a big ocean of suffering, and or maybe the taking out one drop. <laughs> taking out one drop of the big ocean of suffering. But naturally we will want to do that and we want to act and speak in such ways that it diminishes the suffering of other beings. But even if we are just sitting quietly and focus internally in our own meditation, there's already something good and beneficial and wholesome. And in particular, that avoids both 
these pitfalls the questioner mentioned today at noon. The one is that the heart is sinking, that we become the depressed when we encounter, when we see, and when we witness you know, all this pain and suffering and war. But it also prevents the other negative response that our heart is just hardening, becoming callous and just doesn't take it on anymore. And completely cutting out empathy, completely you know, cutting it out and denying it, not looking there. Or just even if they suffer, I don't mind anymore whether I suffer or not. The compassion is acknowledging the suffering and then turning internally our heart around by the wish that they be free from that. Another thing I like about the Brahma Vihara of compassion is that it is still quite close to Dukkha, so I feel it's easier to move from a more Samatha Samadhi practice, the developing Brahmavyas as Samadhi practice, and then moving on to insight, to wisdom and investigation. I find that more difficult you know, with metta. Others may feel different, it's just uh, my personal experience there, for me myself. And uh, as we know, that developing uh, uh, metta is not an uh, insight meditation object. It's an excellent meditation object that can get us uh, samadhi. It creates uh, incredible good karma to develop metta. It feels very good, can give great joy and happiness and brightness to our heart. But it's not a very suitable subject uh, for insight and for uh, understanding Four Noble Truths, for understanding impermanence and letting go of all conditioned phenomena. So if we want to develop insight, then we have to kind of shift from meta to contemplation and investigating causes, conditions, investigating the Four Noble Truths, investigating impermanence, unsatisfactoriness and not safe, not non-ownership, not me, not mine. And I personally don't find that so easy to move from matter there. When you have this feeling that may all beings be happy and well, may they be joyful and happy, nor contemplate dukkha. It's a kind of quite a shift. Whereas in karuna, uh, it's quite close, to, you know, even emotionally, the way you feel, your mind feels. It's quite easy once you develop that intention for all beings to be free from suffering. I find it much easier than to go to insight and not to start contemplating what is actually the cause of suffering. And of course, you know, the deeper causes of suffering is always a defilement in the heart and a craving. Delusion, ignorance, anger, hatred, desire, passion. So once we notice that, we realize that the deepest way of reducing suffering is uh, reducing the defilements.
was air the deep cause. And it's very difficult you know, to reduce the defilements in another being. There's already heart enough in our own heart. But with others, you know, occasionally one can uh, assist them, support them, encourage them. You know, but uh, they still have to do the work themselves. You know, but uh, in our own heart, you know, we can really work there. I also, for that reason, find it again easy when you see you know, all this suffering rather than becoming callous, heartless, hardening your heart against that, or taking it on too much and your heart sinking, you're becoming depressed and frustrated, and we bring up the intention of compassion to all beings, and that can actually uplift the heart. The heart can become bright, radiant, even uh, without denying suffering, even without hardening themselves. And then the next step, where does it actually come from? Where does a war come from? Would people who have no anger, no desire, no greed, and no delusion in their heart, would they go to war with each other? Is that even possible? No, no, the deeper cause is always that. And then we recognize the, uh, the only real way of addressing that is in our own heart. So it even gives us motivation. If we practice compassion, the more on the side of samadhi, samatha, and then we move on to investigation, to looking at the Four Noble Truths in our own heart, we even have a stronger incentive and a good motivation. We realize that when we contemplate the Four Noble Truths, dependent origination, and we see that craving, delusion, ignorance, defilement, skilesos, no, is causing suffering in my heart, in my own heart, but also generally, and also externally in the end, everywhere. But then we uh, feel a strong motivation to really go in, because inside uh, wisdom is in the end the only thing that can really take away these defilements. And taking away these defilements is the only way of truly ending suffering. It's the best contribution in the end we can make. So a few words on compassion. And then... Uh, turning around and using compassion and using that even as a motivation for investigating Four Noble Truths, for taking out the Kilesas in our own heart. Is there any comments or questions? Can you relate to that question from that gentleman at noon, how the heart can so much misery and war and atrocities and these two things can happen either the heart sinking taking it on too much or the heart just becoming callous and hard and no longer just I don't mind what happens to them they're both unskillful and compassion is the and escape from that as a way of transcending that, going beyond it.
capture the pole, like the, the picture, and I'm just thinking about the way that the cat died because it's not, it's not like, it's not like, it's not immediately the process of dying. So here's a question if someone has seen a, a dead body of a cat on the way to the airport and also she tries to uh, contemplate that and the image still comes back and she feels very uh, bad about it and unhappy. First of all, I don't think it helps to convincing, trying to convince ourselves it's all good for the cat and now she's in a good place or something. That is a little bit on the side of denying suffering. And denial of suffering will also not uh, get us out of it. And one may have to acknowledge the uh, reality you know, that this cat may have died you know, with a lot of pain and despair, and we can't even be sure that it's in a good place now. Uh, there's no no certainty you know, that the cat may be in a not so good rebirth and maybe still suffering. And to just you know, convince oneself, you know, trying that there is no suffering with with this cat, you can maybe still do that. But now if you look at uh, other things happening, and it's, it's not possible. You cannot just convince yourself that there is no suffering. So one, one has to go on through this uh, acknowledgement. As we go through the acknowledgement, and uh, one skillful approach which I try to explain is uh, karuna compassion. Another one is also in the song Vega, uh, spiritual pain but a beneficial spiritual pain. You can contemplate you know, that it's the same what's going to happen to you. And you could be hit by a car and die in a similar way. Even if you not get hit by a car and at some stage, you know, I, I will die as well, just like this cat. It may be quite painful. So let me practice. Now we have the Dhamma that goes beyond death. That is maybe an important one to remind oneself. And if we have the teaching of the Buddha, we can completely go beyond death. There's no more death. We can completely go beyond uh, any form of pain or suffering where that can't reach you anymore. You can uh, purify your heart, liberate your heart to such an extent that uh, suffering cannot reach the heart anymore at all. Not at all. And uh, many have experienced that, the Buddha and uh, all the great uh, Abahans and Kubajans. And now let me practice ne, to realize it myself, or at least ne, to get uh, as close to that as possible, ne, gradually getting closer. That is also one way of approaching it, the Sangvega. I don't think it works so well in convincing oneself, you know, the cat is fine now. It's not, not quite sure whether it's really fine. Or just go for compassion whether she's fine or not, the cat. No, you wish her to be fine. The interesting thing is that you can do compassion, you can do metta quite independently from whether these beings are really happy or whether they're really free from suffering even if there's no in a realistic way in a, in, in, a, in a short term to take that suffering away from that being, this is not an obstruction for you at least to have the wish. And if you are really uh, sick or dying and you have pain and you get pain medication but it may, you may still have pain, 
or at least mental distress. And uh, if you encounter someone who genuinely wishes you to be free from that, you will feel a little bit better. It's actually uplifting, also externally. It's important to be clear in one's mind that uh, our ability to wish someone to be free from suffering is not dependent whether there is a realistic quick fix. Even if there is no quick fix apparent, we can still have that intention. And that intention is good and wholesome and is helpful for you. And it's a little bit also helpful for that person. It feels, if you can experience that, and it feels actually good for that person. Although that is not only a tiny little bit. But so you can just respond by uh, wishing that cat to be well, wherever the cat is reborn, and may you be well and happy. May you have a happy rebirth, and may you be able to come back as a human to practice a Dhamma. Just that on Saturday, we had a lady coming, making merit for a cat who died and was like a child to her. She was really quite heavy-hearted from, from that loss. Now you just wish that cat, and may you be well, may you be happy, may you have a happy rebirth, may you be free from pain, may you be able to become a human, to free your heart from defilements, to fully realize Nibbana. And that is not denying, it doesn't assume that you know that she is already doing that, or that she is already reborn as a human, that she has no suffering anymore. But you, you know you can wish that in a quite independently, whether that is really the case or whether there is a quick fix available. Now the other approach, Sangvega, now fully acknowledging that suffering, acknowledging that that's the same in my situation, I will be dead like this cat one day, and maybe quicker than I think, maybe any moment. But we have the teaching that leads out of all pain and suffering. It can be realized in the heart. I think people often forget that. We are not contemplating suffering to just resign ourselves into suffering. We are contemplating it so that the heart can let go and can experience which is total freedom from suffering. Nibbana, the ati yatanang, that svia does exist, that dhamma does exist, and we can experience it. Always keep in mind that when you are meditating and when you're developing bhavana, when you're keeping precepts, when you're purifying your heart, you are actually doing the best thing you can do to reduce suffering. Because you're working on the deepest causes. And everything else is... I mean, for sure it's good to give people who are hungry and give them food. For sure, but... Um, it will be very difficult not to feed all hungry people. And sometimes the other may even stop you. They may block you, may want to give them food and they're sealed off. And they will shoot you if you want to try to get to these people and give them anything. So you will always run into limitations.
but it's good not to, to do it. It's already a diminishing suffering for sure. But not to underestimate you know, that you're also working for the welfare of all beings you know, when you are sitting quiet meditation and when you reduce the kilesas in your heart. That is not so apparent, so it's important to remind yourself that it's an act of compassion to other beings. Most people feel you know, only going out and actively doing something is real compassion. But if you contemplate and understand that ultimately all the suffering always comes from defilement, without these defilements no suffering would be there. And then you understand that you're doing the most compassionate thing you can do for all beings when you free your heart from that. 